0: Carpe Diem Living, the podcast by Shane Gittmed, dives into the amazing realm of holistic medicine and natural healing methods that is known to be life-changing. She was once someone who struggled with chronic illnesses, severe allergies, and countless other diagnoses from doctors that she thought would never improve or be stuck with for life. She is here to share that through holistic and functional medicine there are cures that do not require medication and hope that the body can heal. Her passion for finding answers through natural healing methods and herbs lead her to wanting to speak to experts in this field and speaking to those who found healing through holistic medicine. Here's your host Shane Gitman.
1: Hi everyone! Welcome to today's episode on Carpathian Living, the podcast. I'm your host, Shane Gitmed, and today we are speaking to someone who seems amazing at what she does, and I can't wait to hear all about that. It has to do with confidence, and I know a lot of us tend to struggle with that. I myself included. It comes in waves, but she's going to tell us all about confidence, how to get it, and why she's good at teaching it. So, Maddie, why don't you tell us about how you got into this role and in- yeah, you're dirty with that, becoming a confidence coach.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to just chat a little bit. So I am a confidence coach. I started with being a wellness coach, a health and wellness, which I still do. Everything that I coach on has to do with wellness, but I've learned that there's a lot more to confidence than, um just the surface level of it all. Being a confidence coach, I focus on wellness, on goal setting, on behavior change, on shadow work, mindset. It's a little bit of everything. I've really learned that every single person is different and there's not a one size fits all to coaching. And I just, I love empowering females and helping them really tap into their genuine connection and confidence.
1: That is amazing because we're told from when we're little girls, confidence, be who you are and embrace yourself, but it's not that simple. There's so many things. For me, for instance, I grew up doing pageants as a child and you would think someone who's been used to being in front of people on stage would have so much confidence. It actually was the opposite. I was very much, it, w- it was, I think it was the pressure and just feeling I have to be perfect because there's so many people watching me. If I mess up, that's so embarrassing. And sometimes you don't get feedback that you thought you were going to get. So it just, there's so many things to it, but yeah, like how did you get started with being a confidence coach?
2: So a little bit of background about myself. You said you go through life, everything's about confidence and I heard that my whole life. Oh, confidence is key. Just just be confident. And you're born and you are naturally meant to be confident. And through life and society and standards and comparison, we fall out of that. I right? most females definitely fell out of that as a very at a very young age. I have one of the most empowered mothers, one of the strongest mothers in the world, but through just life and stuff, I fell very short of confidence. I saw her, the one, of the of strongest woman in my life, feel so down about her body and talk so poorly about herself. I started doing that. I fell into eating disorders. I fell into self-hatred self, a little bit of self-harm, more so just self-diminishing thoughts. And it broke me. And I knew that I was meant for more. And I knew that I was shaped this way from society. And I have a chance to, unravel and uncover all that. So I did a lot of personal work. I started yoga and just started trying to work on my eating disorders and working on my personal growth. And it really started developing into this whole world of wellness. There are eight dimensions to wellness. And this is my main point of coaching is the eight dimensions of wellness and how we need all eight of them to come together in our lives, to feel whole and to come into one with ourselves. And uh, I started doing the work and I started realizing, oh my gosh, it's not just about going to the gym. It's not just about going and working out. It's so much more than just the surface of what I knew my whole life. I spent my whole life in the gym. My mom has been in the gym industry for 25 years.
1: Wow. So
2: to me, that's what I knew as health and wellness. And when I started realizing that it's about the friends, the money, the work, the spiritual wellness, your environment, there's so many other components that really impact your self-esteem and confidence. So it wasn't until I started doing the personal work that I realized, you know what, there's more to it than we all think. There's more to it than what society teaches you. And you have to do the work to get there. So I did the personal work and it's taken a long time and everyone has their days. I'm not... I don't think there's one perfect life for everyone, but it's a once I realized that it's a journey, I just wrote a blog post about that too. It's a path, oh, it's a journey, it's a process and it's never complete. You're always going through it. Yeah. I just, I'm not the type of person. So, oh, just be positive and be confident. There's more to it. There's work to be Absolutely. done to get there.
1: And I think growing up, I grew up in a time, I I'm, I'm not sure for you, if Barbies was still a thing during your age. But Barbies, I mean, me already, I'm Asian, I'm on the thicker side, I'm not stick, and I'm not tall. And I used to compare myself to Barbies. And I remember growing up, there was a time, especially I was in pageants, so I dabbled back and forth. I was confident sometimes, and then I was really down on myself on other times. And I was just like, there would be times where I would look at myself, I wish that I was skinny tall. I wish I had those long, thin legs. And I that was a standard of beauty. So I battled with confidence things growing up and it was hard because sometimes you have people complimenting you so much. And it I'm sure other women have dealt with this too, where some will compliment you and you're, you don't even know how to accept it. You're just, Oh, okay. Thank you. So I struggled with that where I'm just, I almost like didn't even believe them. I was sure. It, <laughs> and it's terrible. I've gotten better at it over time, but I think what really intrigued me about your work is the whole eight dimensions thing. I have never heard that from anyone. Okay, so with eight dimensions, if you were to dive into what those were, can you just describe to us a little bit more on what they are?
2: Absolutely. So I cover a lot of things in coaching and stuff, and it's all about, obviously, wellness. Being able to accept those compliments It's a huge part of who we are. Manifestation, law of attraction, all of those outside things, the mindset work. But then we dive into the actual wellness, the wellness strategies in our lives. And it looks at eight different components. So basically, we start with physical wellness. And that's your basic, what most people think about as health and wellness. It's what you eat. It's exercise and exercise doesn't mean going to the gym every day. It means moving your body and getting your blood flowing. However, that feels best to you It's about your genetics. It's about your sleep. It's about taking care of your overall health. You then move into intellectual wellness and this is the knowledge you have. You should, your brain should be worked out just as much as your body. Maybe you get a formal education. Maybe you prefer online courses. You do puzzles. You listen to podcasts. You film podcasts. Anything to grow your knowledge is about intellectual wellness. Emotional wellness is your basic mental health, understanding not only what you feel, but why you feel that way. It's shame, resilience, it's confidence, Mm -hmm. Mm self-esteem. Yeah, it's all of that. And then you dive into spiritual wellness, which most people try to ignore. They try to get past that one. And it's they important. The it's, exactly. And I think that this one's the most common because it's one of the most controversial. And people think spiritual wellness is, oh, I have to be tied to a religion. You don't have to be. Yeah. Um, you can be spiritually well and not identify as any religion. But you can also identify as something. There's not a right and a wrong, but it's understanding what you believe in and why you believe in that way and understanding your greater purpose, regardless of what religion or faith or belief system that's tied for. So yes, it can be going to church. It can be anything else. And then you go into environmental wellness, which is obvious respect of mother nature, cleaning a planet, but it's also about your space. So how clean is your living and work environment? Is it productive? Is it functional? Is it clean enough to reduce any sickness and illness coming in? And then financial wellness, which is budgeting, saving, investing, understanding the purpose and meaning in your money, because every penny you make there is a reason for it, and there is a service or an energy or something tied to that. And then occupational wellness is your um, loving your job, understanding your personal mission statement and your strengths, and are you using that in your everyday life? And if you're not at work, then how are you using that? Because if you're not and you're not going to feel fulfilled. Maybe it's through your job. Maybe it's through a side hustle. Maybe it's through volunteering, whatever it is. And then lastly, you have social wellness, which is friends, family, relationships, how you interact with people, also being independent and having those strong connections, but recognizing, okay, I have everything I need for myself. So all of these eight together really bring you into wholeness and, totality and Really improve your confidence, and people don't realize that even lacking in one area can bring you down. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have financial wellness and understand the importance of it, you're not going to do anything successful with that money. You can have all the you can have all and really understand your emotions. But if you don't have the support system behind you, you're going to feel lonely. And that's going to bring your confidence down. So it literally takes one dimension of wellness to completely change everything.
1: Yes. And I, the way I'm taking this all in is it's all about balance. You really do all of it. Check in with yourself and look at eagle eye view. Okay, where am I struggling? Where am I doing really well? How can I tap into the areas that I do need extra support in? And I think it's all about just that self-awareness that that some of us struggle with or you're really good at. But we're all human and sometimes we fall. And during this time of COVID, I'm sure a lot of people with their mental health, it's been so difficult. There's people that worked in their jobs for 20 plus years. And all of a sudden they're laid off when well, other their confidence is shot because they're. I dedicated my career to what I've been doing. And now I just don't have a job. That's a, a reoccurring theme that I've noticed the most with the season of life that we're in is just so many people are being affected in different ways. And another scenario is someone who is self-employed and they work with solely clients. And then all of a sudden they don't have clients because no one's able to, to afford it during this time. Yeah. So many ways yeah. that this could go. So- I love that you're able to explain what each of those dimensions are because you said one one dimension can be thrown off and the whole thing is not going to work. So I think that definitely helps us understand why it's so important. So you mentioned that the things you do is you work with teenagers and young adults. And I think that's amazing because I feel those are the times where you're about to really flourish into your adulthood and you really want to set that foundation. I think that's so rewarding that you get to work with kids before they go off into their own path. Yeah,
2: I struggled the most as a teenager. I think most teenagers do. I think that's not uncommon. It's not, I don't feel I'm different because of it, but I also feel that is a part of your journey and you have the choice to choose that path when you enter an adult. And I think if you don't have that foundation, you are going to struggle more and it's going to be, you're going to lack that confidence even more and you're going to continue to deflate and feel deflated if you don't have that foundation. So right. working with teenagers is one of the most rewarding things. It's amazing to work with them because they can develop a strong understanding of their purpose early on in life. Um, and then working with young adults, is, it's amazing because the teenagers are really rewarding to, to make a huge difference in their outcome and the thought processing and stuff but I'm working with the young adults is completely different because usually they come to me. It's usually not parents forcing them or anything. And they come to me and they're like, this is what I need. And they're, they put the work in, they are ready to transform their lives. And the results I see are insane. The things that I see these young females, first of all females, and the things I see them do, you have so much in you, look at you go. And it's, right. it's so inspiring if my own clients inspire me, it's insane.
1: And that work, it just must feel so fulfilling, because just knowing that you're making a difference in these teenagers, young adults, young adult lives, and knowing that you're helping them, you're basically helping them set up for success. Because I know I could have used that type of service when I was a teenager. And because I feel in my time, coaching wasn't as popular. I feel it wasn't Not that it was taboo, but when during that time, when I think of coach, I'm thinking a sports wellness coaching. That was not a thing. So I would have definitely benefited from a service ad. And and it's hard because another thing that affects confidence during teenage years is the bullying. There's a lot of shaming that people do. There's a lot of. It's just really sad that that you could have all the confidence in the world, but all it takes is one bad comment, and all of a sudden you're just thrown off, and um, it's crazy. With working with kids, do you work with them through their school, or how do these um, teenagers find you to work with you?
2: So I actually started when I started my coaching. I my focus was just young adults. I didn't really have a focus on teenagers. I'm very I live in Orlando. I'm very active in the Orlando community. I've I know a lot of people from when I was a teenager from babysitting and stuff. And now like those kids that I used to watch as little tiny children are now teenagers. And so it started without. It started with people just freaking out to me like, Hey, our family, how things work. I think and would really benefit from this. They're struggling with this and that. And and slowly became word of mouth. And I still wasn't promoting it on my website. I'm an online, it's all online coaching. So most of my clients are everywhere. And I still wasn't promoting the teenagers. And I, I just grew a following in the Orlando area. And I was like, you know, I can't, hurt if people need me here they need me other places and i just started putting it out there and i didn't even focus that much on it and it just came so now i work with young adults um people in their 20s into their 30s a little bit i don't have an age limit whoever if someone needs it i don't think that i don't think there's an age limit on confidence so i just found that young adults need it the most if i have parents reach out to me all the time and it's every single time yes let's work let's talk and i set up a call and I see if they're good match. Teenagers are usually a little bit more difficult to read because most of the time their parents are saying this is what you're going to do, and they're not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think of it as counseling, and that's not my goal. I don't. <laughs> exactly. want rise, so I don't want them feeling forced into it. So their heart they're more difficult to read, but every single time they end up becoming—it's weird to say that—they're friends. I get involved in their lives, and I, I become a mentor in one sense, and that's yes. the most incredible yes. thing.
1: That is amazing. Because I just know that every teenager, female or male could use this. It happens to all of us, whether we want to admit it or not. And especially with social media being so present. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That that's another aspect of this is that it's as much as I love technology and being able to do things this with people all over the world. I'm glad that social media wasn't as big of a thing when I was in high school, because I remember, and there was some not so nice people and I can only uh, yeah. the damage they could have done with just Instagram posts, Facebook posts, and Snapchat. And it's just, it's, it's insane. I feel like every day there's
2: a new social media platform for people to make fun of other kids on.
1: Exactly. You hear horrible stories all the time where a kid was getting bullied online and then they do something really terrible to themselves or they yeah. have to go into severe counseling because they're now they're dealing with all this trauma. And it's horrible. And as a mother, for me, my, my son's three, so I have quite some time until we really crosses this type of issue. I, I worry for the next generation. And because all the things they are going to be exposed to and I even though he's little, I still tell him all the time, you're amazing. You are wonderful. I really try to instill those positive mantras to him. So he gets it even if he makes a mistake, whatever it is, I just want him to feel he is good enough at no matter what he does, and have you seen those videos on YouTube or even on Facebook? Where I saw this one that really went viral. It was a dad telling his daughter, "You are beautiful. You're amazing," and she was saying it. Yeah. It was the sweetest. It's so um,
2: it's little kids that I'm a grown adult, and I have a three year old sister. My dad got remarried and stuff, and it's incredible watching her grow. It's so beautiful, and I also have a three year old nephew and. I have another little four-year-old in my life. I have three young kids in my life. mean the world to me. Yes. And they are the ones that I look at and I'm, I don't have kids right now, but I look at them and I'm like, this is why we need to be confident because they are watching everything we say, everything we do. And they are retaining all of the little sponges at this age. And I, again, I said earlier, my mom is one of the strongest females I know. She's a boss. She's amazing it was when I was a kid and I picked up on things that she would say and her diets and all those trends. And I would, she would tell me I'm beautiful all day. But when I look at her and I see her not treating her body that way, I'm going to follow her lead. And she's come so far. We've done this journey together and she's killing it. But these, I watch these little kids in my life and I'm they see everything we do and say, and it really impacts them and it matters.
1: It's so true. And that's why everything we do around these kids, whether they're small children, teenagers, that's why being mindful is huge. And I can relate to what you just said, where my mom, she was a single mom, and it was me and my younger sister. And she would do the same thing. She would tell me, you're beautiful. And she would always motivate me to do pageants. And so she really wanted me to be in the spotlight because she knew I had potential and was good at that stuff. My, my talent was singing. And, but then I would hear herself say, she wanted to take a photo, a group photo, and she'd be, we would take photos, she'd go, oh, I, I just look so fat, or, oh, wow. my hair, she would say negative things about herself in front of me. And so that's where subconsciously you think, oh, this is normal to think these type of things. and. Actually, even the other day, I had to take pictures for PR stuff. And I was not happy with the photos because I wanted to do, I had this plan of doing a branding photo shoot. The COVID, I was, all right, well, I'm going to have to wing this. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> like I got to do the best I <laughs> can. So I just went to public like garden and it was really pretty scenery. And I guess one of those things that we do to ourselves kind of almost self-sabotage is you have like this image in your mind of what you want the pictures to look like. Yep. And then you take them and you're like, oh. What and I kept telling myself I was like, oh if I only could have gone to a studio and had a photographer do it or got my hair and makeup done the way it just turned into this whole thing and I had to snap out of it and be like, girl you are great you are doing amazing yeah. like, these photos you are you are your worst critic if you feel confident and you feel great it's going to be fine so I I am guilty of that where sometimes I'm top of the world I feel confident about certain things that I do but. It is a journey. I've come a long way as far as how I view myself in photos and things and we have our, our moments where we put ourselves down, but then we have to know how to bring ourselves up. And so I don't look for self-gratification or whatever on social media, but I what I did was I was like, you know what, these photos are okay, I'll just post it. And I got a lot of positive feedback from that. I was like, oh, okay, so it must not be so bad. <laughs> and I was self-talk like self-talk
2: is the biggest thing that hurts us, the way that when, and this is something, again, I hold on is just about the way we speak, the way we speak to others, the way we put energy that we put out, the universe brings back. So if we're going to put out, the, oh, I, I I, don't look good in that picture, or I don't feel I don't feel good today, you're going to not feel good all day, because right. I'm grateful for this love I'm grateful for this body, and this is what I'm going to do to feel great, and you're going to do it, and you're going to rock it, and you're going to feel wonderful, and Those little things, the little shifts that you make in the way that you speak about yourself, to yourself, to other people, about your life and your days and all those things completely shift
1: the trajectory of how you feel completely. It's huge. Right. Right. It it really is. And I'm a firm believer in law of attraction and mindset. everything that you mentioned, I was I am right there with you because (laughs) I you know, for me, I that was my biggest thing too was mindset. I was one of those people, I'm a perfectionist. So when things aren't the way that I plan, of course, I'm what the heck. But I've gotten better. I don't beat myself up over it as much. But of course, we all have work to do. It's a work in progress. But but yeah, no, that's really crazy. So I guess with with confidence. So is there a certain let me see how can I word it, an exercise that you could recommend to someone that really does need to work on their confidence? Certain mantras or what would you say is a good way to instill that confidence in yourself in baby steps? Yeah. So the
2: biggest thing, and it's the first thing I coped on, it's the first thing I answer to people, even in, on social media when they ask me this, the first thing I do, is I even have it somewhere around me now, is every morning and night I do gratitude and journaling, and it doesn't have to be this long, extensive process. For me, every single morning I wake up and I write down five things I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for them. It's easy to think of something you're grateful for, but understanding the meaning behind it and the purpose it serves in your life helps you. So right. I'll even wake up and write down things that I know are going to happen that day, even if I, it hasn't happened. So, for example, this morning I wrote down, I was grateful for you and the ability to grow and connect with new people and be able to talk to you because that's something that's happening to me today. And I want to go into my, this podcast and I want to go into it with high energy and connecting with someone else who has the same passions and stuff, and that's incredible. So I wrote that down today and I write down five things. And then I write down three mantras of how I want to feel that day. So maybe I'm feeling low energetically. So I'll write down, I am high, full of energy, or maybe I'm feeling, maybe I'm stressed out about financials, And I write down, I am full of abundance. So you write down what you want to feel, what you expect out of yourself. And then I'll write down three different things that day is going to look this morning. I'm working all day. I'm doing um, a bunch of social media branding and stuff. um, Today is going to be a great day full of work and focus. So you set up your day so strong that you cannot fail Mm -hmm. and you are naturally going to start feeling those things and feeling confident. And It's huge. And then I end each night with the same idea of, I write down the best thing about my day. The the lowest part of my day, that's still important to acknowledge because then you can recognize how you're growing and learning from those things. I write down something that I'm asking for from the universe, something I want to track track in. Write down something I'm grateful for from that day what tomorrow will look, and then three affirmations to end your night. And I personally usually do meditation with these, some breathing exercises. I'm a yoga instructor, so I know a lot of that kind of stuff naturally. Um, but it can literally just be writing it down. But I always encourage my clients or anyone who I give my sheets to, and I'm like, write it down and read it out loud. Put it out and speak it. Because when you speak it, you really own your truth and who you are. So yes. that's it's pretty same. much, wow. yeah. Being consistent. So every morning and every night I do that and I suggest that to people. If you can't do it every night and every morning, pick one once a day. When you know you have free time in a day, do it. Because you become naturally more grateful and more confident in the things that you already have and you will begin to grow. It's just it's how it works. It's
1: law of attraction. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that because I'm, I'm all about setting the foundation for things because of course, how do you expect things to work out? Just for me, I'm very business savvy. So I am a serial entrepreneur who has multiple businesses that are very different. That's one thing about me that a lot of people are like, what the heck? Like you do so many different stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. But I think with the journaling, that's something that, I used to love doing it as a kid, I used to journal all the time, good days, bad days. And yeah. even with a little lock on it, I used to do the whole thing. And then I think once I got into high school, I just it stopped. And I'm just I'm like, why did I stop? I realized well, that it really helped me a lot back then. I think a lot of people refer
2: to it as having a diary as a kid. And it's the same thing as an adult. It's just not you you write down your thoughts and everything becomes clearer. There's a reason kids do this. There's a reason why kids have diaries. And it's because, again, we are born with the natural instinct to be confident and love ourselves, but society teaches otherwise. So when we're kids, we naturally want to write those things down. It's second nature to us to be aware of how we feel. And through time, we learn that's not right, or that's shameful or wrong or whatever. And we lose touch with that. So when we come back to it, we've realized, oh my gosh, there is a purpose for that. And it really makes a difference.
1: Love that you highlighted that because I never thought of it that way. I was just kind of like, because oh. I think what it is when you're a child, there's a lot more diaries made for that age group. And then as you get older, of course, there's notebooks, but it's not the same. So I was just kind of, like, yeah, I, I feel I should definitely get back into journaling, especially one thing I do that which does help me. So I have a, a life and business coach. Um, her name is Danny Kenny. Amazing, Okay. And she's helped me a lot with, with mindset and helping me attract the things I want in my life. And one thing she taught me was setting alarms with angel numbers, one, 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 two, two, two. And each one is one of them is my favorite where it says, I am worthy of all that my heart desires. Things that, especially like for me, I'm a busy mom and I have two dogs at home and it gets crazy sometimes. Yeah. And it's nice when these alarms go off, I, it forces me to stop and be like, Oh, you're right. So I think adding that gratitude journal on top of that would just be the cherry on top. Cause then I could put my thoughts in there. Is there a certain gratitude journal that you recommend? I made my own.
2: Uh, there's a lot of, I've used a few and I've been, but I was just very specific on what I wanted. When I went through yoga teacher training, we did our own exercises and I was like, I didn't any of the uh, journals. I don't I- think any of them are bad. I think everyone has their own thing. So I knew from yoga teacher training and the exercises I've done in my personal life was I knew what I needed every morning and every night. So I actually ended up making these sheets my own. I don't have them on my website yet. I keep saying I'm going to put them up there, but I keep working on other workbook stuff. So um, I can get them on my website. Um, I just made these sheets and they're front and back and I just print them out on half sheets of paper. So I get two per one sheet and every morning and night I just Fill it out.
1: Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. Like, and I think for me, because I, I have a I'm one of those people that has a lot of ideas, but converting it sometimes, especially with a lot of creativity, I'm like, oh, I I want someone's opinion. So I think that's what holds me back. But because I've seen yeah. like, on Etsy, there's people that create their own printables and all that type of stuff. Yeah. You should do that. Because if you were <laughs> really good at creating them, you could sell that. <laughs> yes,
2: thank you so much. I do work a lot on this kind of stuff. I wrote I have a workbook. It's a 60 page workbook. and It was all, it's all inspired by this kind of stuff. It's through the eight dimensions of wellness. And that's on my website. But I, that's something I saw. I'm trying to get, I want to get more into the selling stuff. I'm just so in love with my coaching. I'm, I'll just keep coaching. And then I'm all of my free time. I'll make more and put them on my website and I'll get to it. I have it on, I have a lot of things made I just haven't published them yet so
1: they're coming. <laughs> I think they would do so well especially since if you're creating them and it especially if it's very original it's not just the ones that just get printed everywhere. I know I'm really interested in getting some I know our listeners would be too especially if they want to get into journaling again. I love that. Is there Okay, so for yoga. So how long have you been teaching yoga? I've been teaching yoga for about
2: two years. I've been doing yoga for as long as I could remember, really. since, <laughs> Pretty much once I got into college, I started doing yoga, so.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, with yoga. So for me, I dabbled with it before I had my son because the closest – so I – at this time, I was living in the South, and the closest yoga studio was 40 minutes away. So I was okay, I'm not gonna do oh it day. And I worked full days during that time. I wasn't fully independent as a business owner yet. So it just was hard enough trying to get there. And so with that, so I dabbled with it, loved it. And and then when I got pregnant, I stopped because I was there isn't as many prenatal yoga or anything like that so that's where it ended. But then I got into Pilates when I moved to California back home to California. I just I feel there's a lot of a lot of power with doing those types of practices, because it really does regenerate the body It makes you feel relaxed and helps with your mindset. And because everyone has their preference in the types of workouts they do. And I've always been more about what is going to help me calm down because I have anxiety. So I need something that's not going to get me all rattled up. So before COVID, were you teaching at a studio?
2: Yeah, I'm still teaching at a studio. Actually, I work at a studio. I, in Orlando, there's a yoga studio on like every corner. So I can't imagine living in a studio in a city where there's no, no yoga studio. No yoga studio. I kid you not, there is, I can listen ten studios in the five mile radius of me. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, they're all over. It's gyms and yoga studios. You can find them on every street. <laughs> um, so I work at two places. I work at my mom's gym. I'm teaching and I teach at uh, one of the bigger studios in town. Um, when COVID started, I actually still taught. We did online classes and I was, there was only two of us instructing classes. We didn't have as many on the schedule. So I did a lot of those. And then we actually opened up. I want to see at the end of May ish and we're allowed to open. We have to keep this thing to wait masks unless we're actually on the mat teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't walk around the room. So there's obviously limitations because of COVID, but I've been teaching the whole time. Yeah. Yoga is, it, I love it. I, it's something I'll never give up. I'll never not teach. It's not something I want to do full time just because it's a, more of a passion is something I want to keep as a side thing, but it, yeah. When I first got to college, I was in this rut of just my eating disorders, my hating my body, hitting everything, just not having confidence. And I was exercising every single day to lose weight yeah. and to find this self-love that I wasn't ever finding. And I took a yoga class because I just couldn't do it anymore. And I literally stopped working out. I took probably about a month to two months off, which I've never done, and I've never stopped working out. And I just yeah. did yoga every single day, and I found this love and passion for my body, and that's what started all of this. Honestly, all of the confidence—I don't
1: know if I would have gotten there without yoga, to be honest. Yeah, it was a—it was—I call it the rabbit hole, where you start with something that you really love, and then it takes you to something else that you never expected, and that's beautiful because I went through the same thing growing up. Especially, I feel a lot of this happened in high school, but in high school, same thing. I don't. Th- I never was told I have body dysmorphia, but I know that I the way I viewed myself was not the way people viewed me. I always say I looked at a picture in my mind. I probably thought I was 20 pounds bigger, even though that was not true. But that's what my mind was telling me. But yeah, I used to work out all the time, and I had this. I mean, in a way, I felt good because I was okay. I'm smaller, whatever. But the way I it was the way I was working out that was not healthy. I was doing a lot of cardio. I was my focus was what just shrink when that's not the way you want to go about it. It's more so, how do you feel? How does your body feel? Are you overworking it? There's a lot of things to that I I just had to learn over time. And I would say now I do things more in a a more healthier way when it comes to fitness. I do what feels good to me versus what the standard or what influencers will tell you. So I think, you know, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I always say exercise because you love your body, not to love your body. Don't exercise. Just to hopefully one day love what you look. Do it because you want to nourish yourself and because you want to feel good in your body and move. And that doesn't have to be going to the gym. It can literally be going for a walk. It can be dancing in your living room. It can be going swimming, going for a hike. There's so many ways to move that are that don't restrict you to exercising.
1: Yeah, it's true. And what I I noticed, especially in my area, is there's a lot of bike shops and they're all sold out. And I was, but that's a good thing because that means more and more people are getting outside. Yes. Before all this, because I live in Silicon Valley where everyone's techie works in offices and we all have just our MacBooks and we just work all the time. But the situation that we're in, it's it's forcing people to get outside to move. And I love that more and more people are just simply hiking and going biking. It's nice, My I'm even trying to get a bike too, because I used to bike a lot again, in high school. <laughs> but uh, I'm just now what, what I plan on doing is getting um, a little trailer to attach to my bike. And then me and my son can just like, go anywhere. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm just Oh, my gosh. So that's great that you guys have stayed open this whole time. And then you said you were doing yoga classes online. So do you so with your business with the confidence coaching? Do you tie in the yoga services too, or those are completely separate? It's pretty separate. I, I'll i do
2: online personal sessions. private sessions of yoga. It's not really related to the conference coaching, but I've had even during COVID, I had some of my local people and some people outside of the state request for the personal sessions. I'll do that. And it's all through Zoom. I'll make custom playlists for them and all that fun stuff. But I don't really actively do that. I don't actively offer it. Um, it's not on my website or anything, but if people message me, I'm always down to teach yoga. It's one of the best things yeah. in the world, but my focus is my confidence coaching. So I mostly keep them separate.
1: Got it. And then I guess another thing that I wanted to touch on is, okay, so for confidence coaching hmm, with with kids. So we already know bullying comes into play. What is one thing that you notice as a reoccurring theme with your, your teenage clients? Because me as a parent, I'm preparing for anything that may come my way. Who knows what school is going to be like at that time? Who knows what social media is going to be like at that time? And so I guess if you were to tell a parent today what to look for, if their child is struggling, what are some of the, not red flags, some of the things to be aware of?
2: So two sides of this answer. The first thing would be not necessarily what to look for, but how to act as a parent. And I never tell parents how to act. It's not everyone can raise their kids how they want, but the biggest thing I'm noticing and almost not every single, but almost every single teenage client I have is how engaged their parents are and how much their parents listen, yeah. not how much their parents harp on them or tell them to do things. And of course, you got a parent, but you also need to have that understanding of, this is a teenager going through things. And yes, it may seem immature and it may seem like typical high school stuff for them, but to them, it's not. To them, that is real life. To them, You're that's wild. something we, yes, we went through that. We were done that. We're past that faith in our lives, but they are not that is their real life. And that is their entire world. Just sitting and asking them questions and engaging in their lives is uh, that's the biggest thing. When parents talk to me and my daughter needs help with this and that, and I'm like, okay. So I get on the call and I, the parents aren't there. Everything I work with the teenagers, us, unless it's something and all that. And I'd say probably eight to nine ten out of eight to nine times out of 10, I will have Kids saying, Yeah, this is happening at school and this is happening with my friends. But honestly, the bigger issue is I'm going through this at school, but my parents don't want to hear about it. Or my parents tell me I'm being dramatic or things like that. Uh So, yes, of course, they do have those things going on at school and with their friends and in their bodies. But their issue and their insecurities and their confidence is more so stemmed from how their home life is. So, that's probably the biggest thing was just sitting, asking questions and listening. Beyond that, I think a lot of, a lot of the red flags for parents to look for would be the way that their kids are talking about themselves, even if they say it as jokes, but comments, oh, I just they do something wrong and you get mad. And like, oh, I just suck. I can't do anything. That might seem overdramatic in that moment, but it really shows their self esteem. And they genuinely think that they are not good enough to do anything. And that doesn't mean parents shouldn't discipline and parents shouldn't tell them when they're wrong. But learn those signs of a kid can easily say, you're right, mom, I'm sorry, I messed up compared to oh, I just can't do anything. Those little shifts, those little comments really show a lot about how kids feel about themselves. And I so those are probably the biggest, most noticeable things to just actively look for because parents often come to the conclusion of, oh, my kid's just dramatic. And right. sure, their kid might be dramatic. They're going through a bunch of hormones. That's completely yeah. normal. But let's dig a little deeper and understand why they're feeling that way. So it and, and cut it where it can. Let's teach them you don't suck. You're in trouble, but you don't suck because you did this thing wrong. You're learning, you're growing. It's just a matter of how you speak
1: to them. Giving them grace. That is so important. Yes. And like giving grace to your kids, to yourself. All of that is so huge. Yes. And grace and gratitude are my two
2: biggest things. If you give yourself some grace, you give your kids some grace and you give yourself and your friends
1: and your family gratitude, it's going to go oh. I love that. And that's definitely something all of us can we need to remind ourselves that day in and day out, either for ourselves or for our kids. And for me, I've always loved finding I that's why holistic everything has been just my passion, because I love finding the root of things. So just how you talk about even though they may be the child may be acting dramatic or whatever, what is the reason for that? And that's where the gold is, that's where you're going to find the real problem how to solve it so i think that's just so important and i'm so glad you mentioned that because especially as a mom we we want we're trying to do the best we can we don't want our children to have confidence issues or feel like they're not good enough that's horrible you know what i mean we're all good enough and That's really something that why I focus so much on my own healing, because I didn't want my son to hear my, hear me talking negatively about myself. And then he starts doing it. I can't, we grew up in that. So we need to nip that in the bud and not let that carry on. So it it all starts with us, and I feel like your work is just so powerful. And I love you're the first confidence coach I've ever spoken to. So this is just so amazing. <laughs> I'm learning. Thank so you. I'm so glad. That's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and so many people will benefit from hearing about your work and the things that you offer. Your gifts, and it's also great. So for our listeners that are listening to this podcast episode, where can they find you? I'm gonna put all your links in the description anyway. But I guess if you want to tell them a little bit more.
2: Thank you. Thank um, you. So on Instagram, it's essentially Maddie, And then on my website, essentiallymaddie.com. That's going to have everything. My Instagram's on there, my Pinterest, my blog, and my coaching programs. Everything's listed on there. As well as I have a private Facebook group for all females who want to just learn more about wellness, confidence, and just connect with minded people. That's all on my website.
1: Perfect. And one thing that I'm going to do... Um, that I've implemented for this podcast is I've created a podcast insiders group for Carpe Diem living. So yeah, so any listeners that want to tune in or join that group, and be able to connect with the experts that I'm speaking to directly, they can find you there as well. So it'll be a way to feed into who's, who's interested in hearing about all of these um, stories through the show, and to get in contact with you directly. So I'll definitely have all that set up. And yeah, so it's been a pleasure talking to you today. I'm so thankful for, for everything I've learned and the things you've shared. So yeah, just thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to, you know, connecting again in the future. And who knows, we may collab again in the future. I'm open to everything.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Thank um, you. Thank yeah. you so much
1: for letting
2: for- me speak, getting my word out and just Chatting, it's been
1: so fun. Absolutely, yeah. So, thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you again so much for tuning in with us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it inspired you to try something new holistically. Do you want to connect? Be sure to follow us on all the things spotify apple youtube and of course instagram we also have our podcast insiders facebook group and you can find the link in the show notes or in the podcast description box and remember to carpe diem